7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabiso Musia. Thank you, Greg, and good evening. Welcome to the show. I'm Tabiso Musia. Luyolo Mkalip is the producer, and Sylvester Komane is in technical with us this evening. Tonight on the show, we are going to talk about transformation in South African hockey. We are in possession of a letter that's been written by players to the South African Hockey Association where they have raised concerns about lack of transformation in South African hockey, not only on the pitch, but also off it, and not only senior-level hockey, but at schools and provincial level. Now, this letter, we understand, almost derailed the recently completed Premier Hockey League with the players who wrote the letter asking for a meeting with the administrators before the final of the PHL. Otherwise, the final wouldn't have gone ahead. We do understand that they met. That's why the final took place. But it doesn't seem like much has transpired since then. So we've reached out to SA Hockey, who initially accepted our request to come and talk about this this letter and uh, give us and give their response. But they have declined uh, now. Uh, but the show must go on. So we will speak to a few former players to find out if they understand and agree with the complaints laid out by the current players in this letter which is in front of me here and I will read it for you when we get to the story because these are really serious concerns raised in this letter by the players who we will protect and not mention their names because they did not send the letter to us but we got the letter and just part of it reads after 24 years of democracy in South Africa it is with great sadness that we find ourselves having to address transformation issues with South African Hockey Association through this letter. We have been left with no choice but to address this letter to you given the lack of transformation that has occurred in hockey in South Africa at all levels, schools, provincial and national. So you can tell how serious this issue is and the fact that it's written by current players which means that they I mean, they're willing to put their careers on the line here uh, to try and address these issues. It, it, it's really a serious matter and it's a pity as a hockey I can't speak to us but we do hope that they are addressing it even though they would won't come on the radio. Uh, we hope that they are addressing it, but we will uh, speak to a few uh, players just to understand what is going on here and what's happening in SA Hockey. First up, though, we'll go to Bloemfontein shortly because we um, have been told that there's another player strike at Bloemfontein Celtic. This is despite their fantastic start to the new APSA Premiership season under Steve Compella, where they've won four of their five matches so far. They're still unbeaten. The players have gone on a go slow. They went on a go slow uh, today, and uh, apparently they could even boycott this weekend's clash against Marisbeck United at home uh, from what we are hearing because they are not happy with uh, payment issues and also the issue of ownership doesn't seem to have been cleared up yet and the players seem to have left to have been left in limbo so they are not happy and uh, they took a stance today that they're not going to train they're going to go on a goal slow and they might not play this weekend uh, surely this is a big blow then for Celtic who've done so well on the field 13 points from their first five matches so we'll go over to Bloemfontein shortly to speak to somebody who's very close to the action so let's go over to Bloemfontein then, and that's where we find SABC News reporter in Bloemfontein, Tebucho Litsaba, to understand what is going on at Bloemfontein Celtic. Tebucho, uh, good evening, and thank you for joining us on SAFM. Good evening, Tebucho, and the listeners of SAFM. The last time we spoke about issues at Celtic, well, there were many issues at the club, players receiving their salaries late and uh, also not receiving their signing on fees. Is that still the problem? Well, it would appear it's still the problem to it, but one would have to recall that the financial problems at the club uh, most definitely didn't start uh, this year. I, I think one can recall it started back as 2016 early uh, at that time when the problems were there. I think the attention or the spotlight was put on the club uh, as a result of the strike because that was unprecedented, uh, at least in my memory and in, in, in the PSL. Uh, in certain since 1996, where we would see players even resorting to boycotting the training session. And that almost derailed the campaign of the for the Celtic because you'd recall that they only had one day to train uh, in order to start their first game of the season against Chippewa United, for which uh, nobody would have given them a chance of winning that game. But of course, they came up with positive results, winning at home to win uh, in that game. But that game, you'd recall, the reason it went ahead once again was that there was an announcement on social media. It just started to circulate at that time that the club would now definitely change hands. Messing uh, Kilishavan, who owns the ABC Mississippi League club, Mangaun United. Many people would call it Mangaun United. As well as Dr. Moses Musola, who is the current city manager of Etwani. Uh, it would appear that there was an agreement in principle at that time that uh, they will take over. But, of course, that agreement was subject to meeting certain requirements 
of the Premier Soccer League. It is still had to be uh, ratified by the league itself, for which uh, one would have expected that decision to have been taken uh, about three weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken, when the meeting of Board of Governors uh, took place in Johannesburg. So at the moment, it's still it's, it, the club has not been sold at the moment then? The club is still very much owned by Mr. Mekshavalala because, as I understand, that transaction uh, was not uh, concluded. It's recall that there are a number of challenges uh, that uh, uh, <coughs> sorry, uh, that one would say have affected the club. Uh, there's a liquidation uh, application that has been filed, among others, by Standard Bank in the High Court in Zimfontein, uh, where they claim that there were there are six uh, uh, what do you call them uh, home home loan agreements that they entered into with Zimfontein Celtic. As far back as December, uh, as far back as December 2015, they haven't received any amount of money. Zimfontein uh, Celtic, according to uh, Standard Bank has been honored to do uh, contra- that contractual obligation, and that there were also arrangements of uh, servicing that those uh, loan agreements, multiple loan agreements in this regard, because it's six of them. None has even came, according to uh, Standard Bank, as per the papers that they have filed with uh, the High Court in Bloomfontein, and that happened early in August. Now, they claim that they are being owed more than uh, 4 million, 4.2 million. Uh, by the club regarding those uh, home loans. Added to that, there are other uh, interested parties that have been cited uh, on those uh, papers. Uh, the South African uh, Revenue Services SARS, has also been cited. You can recall that even uh, such the South African professional football uh, footballers uh, player uh, professionals the union. They've also shown interest that they want to represent the 30 players uh, that have been cited that should that move go ahead of liquidating the club, at least those who are owed, those who are owed their signing on fees, those who are owed their salaries, uh, don't get paid. That was the uh, that was when the matter started. Subsequent to that, uh, and uh, the Blue Foundation did confirm, according to a notice of intention that has also been filed with the High Court, that they are going to defend uh, that matter. And seemingly the confusion there was uh, the two uh, registration, two CK numbers uh, that mm. have been filed. There was uncertainty as to which one is correct, which one belongs to uh, Blue Fountain Celtic. But one can confirm that the notice of intention to defend that litigation or defend that lawsuit has been filed. Meaning Blue Fountain Celtic will have up until the 4th of October uh, to file their heads of arguments, and then the matter would now be uh, probably be enrolled uh, for full time to where it is going. There are allegations, there are rumors that are doing around that start in this regard. They could have been owed as much as a 30 million rent, but, it, but that is something that one cannot confirm it with uh, authority because one would have to I mean, get those documents, peruse them to fully understand up until that time when everything has been filed uh, with the High Court. Because at that time, documents would now be in, in, in public domain. It will be easy for people to understand uh, where the problems uh, are. Now, what we do understand about the strike that started yesterday and continued today uh, by their players is that here that it was as a result of the announcement that Dr. Chavalan is coming back is going to take over the club. And what we'd also have to confirm that yesterday on Lefeni uh, FM, his lawyer was uh, on the morning uh, on, on the breakfast show confirming that he is speaking, he is uh, in charge of the club and that there's no third party that is uh, currently uh, controlling the club because seemingly that was uh, another confusion that who's currently uh, running the club. But his lawyer was emphatic on radio yesterday morning that indeed he's still very much uh, in charge of the club. And that is something as you hear from the sources that has also infuriated the players who still feel that they do not want him uh, to come back hence uh, they couldn't even uh, I mean, attend the training session today. We also heard that they were scheduled to have a meeting with him today. Uh, of course, that meeting couldn't uh, take place, obviously, because of uh, the strike. Okay, Tebucho, you've said so much. Let's pick it up from what you've said, because some very um, uh, points that stand out from what you said. You mentioned the, the revenue service SARS. Um, is it is it is it true? Or are you saying you're not sure that there's a directive from SARS that the new owners must not pay Max money for the sale of the club because he still owes um, SARS money? Well, that is another rumor that is uh, circulating that there was that directive uh, from uh, SARS, but. 
what one can confirm is that indeed France is being owed, which is why uh, they have been cited in the court papers. Obviously, one cannot be cited on court papers uh, if they do not have any interest of what sort kind uh, uh, on the matter. Uh, I mean, that, 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 uh, that one, that is one, that, that, that is an information that uh, wouldn't really require one to be a rocket scientist to uh, really figure out. However, the issue that the one was emphasizing here was that uh, as per the rumors, because this time around, one would have would rely on sources and it's something that is not uh, authoritative, meaning one cannot say uh, there are papers that are saying this and that. Hence, I said, uh, the rumor that is circulating is that SARS in this regard could have been owed as much as 30 million rand or so. Uh, however, the point that I emphasized was that the court papers for Senate Bank, it is confirmed it's more than 4.2 million rand, according to uh, what they have filed. Because uh, one would go for the the, the, the lack of uh, liquidation when you are convinced that uh, you are not going to be paid uh, your debt. There's little hope that uh, you would be paid uh, the amount that you have been uh, owed by a certain debt. But obviously, it comes back as a, a last resort to a frustrated uh, credit in this regard. The other rumor, um, you can clarify this for us, I think you've also touched on this, is that the PSL could not approve the sale because uh, there are two owners. So who are these two owners? There's a Pakisho Chabalala, is that Max, is that somebody else? Who are these two companies that Celtic is registered under? I think we, we all want this to go back as far back as uh, 2014 when uh, Max Chabalala took control of the club. Uh, you'd recall at that time, he didn't meet the requirements of being a full owner of uh, Bloomfontein Celtic at that time uh, because he had just uh, severed ties with uh, Roses United. And as per the rules, uh, one still has to have a cooling period, if you like, of a year before you could venture into another uh, transaction. Roses United was campaigning in the National Service Division at that time, which is a member of uh, the Premier Soccer League. So the rules and regulations couldn't allow him uh, to by another club. In this regard, if you like, you can say he used his brother uh, to, as a front uh, to, to, in order to acquire uh, Bloomfontein Celtic up until such time that uh, he, that, that, that uh, one year period has lapsed and then you would have been able uh, to change uh, papers and that the club now comes under him as a full controller uh, of it. That's how uh, everything uh, started. I cannot confirm again that Indeed, the papers were changed with the Premier Soccer League at that time. But given the fact that he pleaded poverty as far back as May, saying that he's the rightful owner uh, of the club, he wants to sell the club. And then at that time, he also uh, attempted to enter into uh, various agreements in order to save the club. For instance, there was a meeting with, uh, of uh, the Celtic executives, including the Chabalala. Uh, with the executives of uh, Sol Plaki municipality in Kimberley, uh, with the hope of taking some of the home games of Bloomfontein uh, Celtic to Kimberley in order to uh, alleviate the financial burden. And because taking the games, they would have meant that uh, they shall have spent almost nothing. Uh, because it, it's quite expensive to organize a professional match. Uh, you, I mean, you, you have to pay the rental fees, you have to pay the marshals. There are a number of things, uh, including. including your, your 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 emergency services and the uh, uh, subs that are uh, uh, overseeing matters during that day. So it's it's quite expensive uh, to run. Uh, I mean to organize the game, which is why they attempted that leg of taking some of the games to uh, Kimberley. Now at that time, people thought that the club was relocating from Bloemfontein uh, to Kimberley. Of course, uh, that was neither here nor there. Mm. So so technically, is the club still up for sale then? The club is still up for sale, as one would understand, because that's what uh, the Chabalala, I mean, he said that on record several times. We even had an interview with him stating uh, so that he wanted to sell the club, he couldn't afford it anymore. Uh, and his basis was that he, 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 he simply pleaded poverty, if one way to put it uh, that, uh, that, that way. And then he wanted uh, business people of Bloemfontein to come on board uh, to buy the club. And at that time, there were a number of offers that he said uh, were coming uh, forth from people outside Bloemfontein. Now, that was the problem because uh, from the day when the late Ndatemulemela sold the club, 
his intention at that time was that the club shouldn't be uh, sold out the perimeters of Bloomfontein should stay here. It should remain the jewel of uh, the Bloomfontein. Even when the Agosti brothers took uh, over the club, that was one of the conditions uh, that was there. Even with Mbate Chavalali, it was the same thing that the club should stay uh, in Bloomfontein. It shouldn't leave the shores of Bloomfontein. It is something that also prompted the executive mayor of Mangaum Metro, Olim Lamlili. Uh, he facilitated uh, a roundtable discussion, if you like, with uh, various interested parties to ensure that the club uh, stays over. But of course, there was nothing that she could do. I mean, if the Chavalala feels that he can sell it to anybody uh, outside Bloomfontein, it's an autonomous institution uh, at the end of the day, the municipality, even if they were to wish that the club stays in Bloomfontein, I mean, they've got little control or no control at all uh, regarding that. One will also recall, uh, recall that even supporters try to come on board to try to form a trust fund to ensure that the club stays over. They came with various proposals, including to support the selling, of, I mean, purchasing of uh, original merchandise of the club, uh, getting away with uh, complimentary tickets, among others, also to donate, to donate on the coffers of the club. The intention there was to raise, was to try to raise as much as 4 million rent per month in order for the club to be uh, sustainable. Those were the plans by the supporters at that time, because they've had several meetings uh, in an attempt to save the club to ensure that it is not leaving the shores of Bloemfontein. If you've just joined us, we're talking to SABC News reporter in Bloemfontein, Tebukho Litsaba, about the latest strike at Bloemfontein Celtic. The players did not train today. They are going on a go slow, and we're going to wrap up after this quick break. Tabiso Musiya on SAFM. Okay, as we wrap up this conversation about Bloemfontein Celtic, Tebukho, if I understand you correctly now from everything that you've told us, and thank you very much for breaking it down for us, is that the players are now refusing to train uh because the deal to sell the club is off and they don't want to be under the ownership of Max Shabalala because there have been issues about salaries and signing on fees. That's what we got from our sources, that it was one of the reasons that they refused to uh, to pay, essentially feeling that he's coming back and that they've got a lot of uh, issues with him that remain unresolved. At the heart of it, of course, is the issue uh, of money. And then one would also have to emphasize the fact that uh, we attempted on Sunday together with my colleague to talk to uh, one of the bidders to buy the club, Lessing Kilishavad, about the latest uh, uh, state of affairs in the club, especially on the side of the club being taken to court, the liquidation and so forth. She did confirm that uh, she was aware uh, of this uh, latest development. And at that time, it was uh, she declined to comment further except that to say that uh, she was aware of the latest uh, development. So it was even difficult to find out as to whether if they were to buy the club, were they going to buy it pro bono, I mean, not pro bono, uh, food stores in mm-hmm. Africans, uh, the way it is, I mean, mm-hmm. inheriting everything, inheriting debt, inheriting all the problems. And that there were other posts that we saw from somebody who claimed that he was closer and he's very much close uh, with uh, uh, the bidder, uh, saying that essentially they've invested a certain portion of um, uh, money in the club, which is why players managed to be paid. Uh, I mean, obviously, if you read something on Facebook, it will remain, uh, it will be a rumor until uh, up until such time uh, that it has been uh, confirmed by authorities. However, one will also emphasize the fact that there won't be a smoke without fire. Yeah. Uh, and one, what, what I can also add uh, to that is that uh, several times, of course, I've seen them. Uh, they've been there in the club, even seen their cars there, uh, including your, 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 your Iveco, this one that transports uh, players uh, from the Mangaun United. More often than not, they were there, and that inferences could have been drawn that they were now trying to run the affairs subject to the approval of the league, but it would appear that that transaction uh, would effectively uh, fall off, given the fact that uh, some of the conditions were not uh, adhered to. Well, finally now, um, Patrick Tinyam has taken to social media and he has hit out. He said, God created me with my pride. I will never let anyone that pride. Abafetu, I'm never going to play for someone who disrespects me, insults me, and treats me like a tititi. I'd rather go back to my country. There are talks of, a, of the players boycotting the match against Marispec United on Sunday, which would be very unfortunate because they've done so well and it's a home match. How much do you know about that? 
of course, that's what we had that players, in fact, they intend uh, to boycott that game on Sunday. And what uh, has been said today on, the, on, on, on that uh, post uh, by Chinyan, it is something that several players have alluded to in the past, uh, to say they'd rather risk all the risk their careers instead of coming back if the club would be under the con- control of uh, You'd recall that when Sinkin Shabani and Dr. Musula were introduced to the club, uh, Patrick Tinyem was, was there, was present during that, uh, 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 I would say, uh, a cocktail party, so to speak. He was very much, he was present there, even the picture showed him uh, being there with uh, Steve Compella. And subsequent to that gathering, uh, that is when the players returned to training. Uh, they only had one training session ahead of the game against the uh, Marisbeck United, which they won. And after that match, they visited uh, Golden Arrows uh, at Kwamashu. They won that game. So there was that kind of stability after that meeting. And Chinyan being uh, the captain of the club, uh, being one of the senior players, uh, and he has just uh, completed more than 300 professional matches with both and the You'd understand the frustration if he went and took it to the social media, given the fact that uh, he was taken on board, he was part of that meeting, he was present when that deal was concluded, at least in principle. Yeah. Okay, Tebuholi Tsaba, I'm sure we're going to speak to you again, but thank you very much for your wonderful insight and breaking this down for us to understand it, what's going on at Bloemfontein Celtic. It's really unfortunate. Uh, hopefully uh, the players will get what is due uh, to them because this has been going on for too long now and somebody needs to uh, intervene. But thank you very much, Tebuholi. Much appreciated. Thank you, SABC News reporter in Bloemfontein. You can tell the man is on top of this story. He knows exactly what is going on there and it's really really sad that even players like Patrick Tingham have had to take to social media to express their frustrations. He must have really reached boiling point because it's not like Patrick Tingham to come in and and, and do something like this. But you can understand a man can only take so much. After the break, it seems like some SA hockey players can also only take so much. They've written a letter to the South African Hockey Association complaining about transformation on and off the pitch and we're gonna talk about that after the break hashtag safm sport on so then let's talk about this letter that i said that we have received we are in possession of it it's been written by players to the sa hockey um, association where they complain about lack of transformation i'm going to read you some excerpts from the letter the introduction says that dear uh, saha uh, we address this letter to you as a group of players and uh, after 24 years of democracy in south africa it is with great sadness that we find ourselves having to address transformation issues with saha through this letter we have been left with no choice but to address this letter to you given the lack of transformation that has occurred in hockey in South Africa at all levels, school, provincial and national levels. That's the part of the letter. Here's another part. It says, um, where is it? Okay, I've got it here. It says that there, there are serious issues present in the various selection processes at all levels, school, provincial and national. In terms of the selection processes, there are not enough representatives on selection panels who are people of color. This leads to the selection process is being subjective uh, uh, and racist. The fact that there are not enough players of color represented at all levels is evidence of this. And then another part of the letter, I'm just running through it, it says that as far as management is concerned, there are not enough people of color who are involved in the management and coaching of hockey teams at all levels. And then they also address the issue of development where they say hockey is a financially exclusionary sport due to the socio-economic landscape in South Africa. The majority of people who cannot access the sport are players of color due to financial constraints and limitations we would like to discuss ways to combat and assist players in the different hockey structures in the different provinces regarding this matter and one of our suggestions is to create a development fund for players particularly players of color who cannot afford access to hockey and this will ensure that players of color are not excluded on the basis of their financial standing in society and in closing we believe that the saha system has failed us and we believe that the transformation issues raised in this letter must be addressed by saha as soon as possible i mentioned that they'd agreed to speak to us saha uh, but later on they declined and hopefully when they're ready they will come in and and, and and talk to us about how they are dealing with this issue but we've reached out to a former sa hockey player and olympian uluntun uh, just to uh, get an understanding of what happens in a uh, hockey and she joins us on the line now luntu good evening and thank you very much for joining us on SAFM. Hi, Tavis. <laughs> Firstly, are you still in touch with what's happening on the ground? I know you've been in the office for a number of years. And are you, are you aware of this letter written by the players? 
Yeah, look, I, I mean, I've, I'm, as a, as a student, I think I'm, I'm kind of really back in South Africa. So, um, you know, not really aware yet of the ends and outs that are going on. So, so I can't really speak on behalf um, of of the players group and the letter that's been um, um, that you were talking about. But I, I mean, I do I do understand that there is a group of players that have um, gotten together and and are wanting to address some some transformation issues with Saha. But I mean, I don't um, I can't really speak on behalf of that of that group. Yeah, and uh, during your time, I mean, did you also face challenges? Can you relate to some of the issues that they are raising? Look, I think, I mean, during my time, um, obviously, it was kind of like the beginning of, a, of an era of of starting to transform, of starting to get more black people um, playing in hockey. I was obviously, um, for a while, one of the few black players in the national team. So, um, you know, the, the hope obviously would have been that since my day, things would be looking a lot different um, to, to, the, to, to what it looks like today. Well, you've been in Switzerland all these years working at FIFA, but are you surprised that it seems like things have not changed since, like you're saying, since you last played so many years ago? Yeah, I mean, it is a bit surprising and it is a bit disappointing, obviously, because, um, because you know, the, the, as with any sport, there needs to be a transformation at all levels um, of, of the game. And, and hockey is also one, one sport that should be open and accessible um, to, to everybody at, at all fears of it, you know, whether it be coaching, whether it be playing, whether it be, you know, um, yeah, administration, it should be open to, you know, it's a sport that, it's a sport that should be accessible to everybody, to all South Africans. They, they they seem to highlight development also as a big worry in uh, this letter. And um, according to the letter, not enough is being done. Uh, what can you share with us from what you've observed? Look, yeah, I mean, as I said, I, I'm, I haven't been be honest very close to what's been happening but um but i guess you know there must be some challenges at, at South African hockey in terms of um developing the game getting in, in getting it into communities um you know it is an expensive sport so um you know there, there needs to be kind of like a real concerted effort to make sure that you know young kids in rural areas young kids in township areas um, are, are able to to access the facilities and the equipment and all of that kind of stuff that that's required to play hockey because you know it's not as simple as soccer where you know if you find an open space and whatever seems like a football um, kids can play you know you need specific equipment to play hockey so so there needs to be kind of a real proper concerted effort to make sure that um, that that um, you know that that that's both accessible accessible to those people yeah. And and how would you like to see this matter being resolved, uh, Alunta? Because it seems like the players are being civil. They've written a letter. They've asked for a response. Are they going about it the right way? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it needs it needs to have everybody involved. You know, some other players, former players as well. Um, you know, everybody needs to to sit together and discuss how how um, we address this, how we move hockey forward, and how we make sure we help and um, hockey grow. Um, as a sport um, at all levels, you know. So, so I think it's a good thing that these that these um, players have done, and um, and now it's a matter of I think um, you know all interested parties getting involved and making sure that that we move we move this agenda forward and make sure that that hockey you know comes out tops at the end. And what do you make of some of the talent, though, that you've seen um, ever since you stopped playing? I mean, we've seen the likes of Sanani going on to end over 100 caps. We've seen Masha Cox also uh, playing so many games. I think 300 she did. Uh, the talent is clearly there, right? Yeah, definitely. And I think, um, you know, it's, it needs to also be found in lots of different areas, like yeah. with any sport. You know, um, we're very fortunate in South Africa. You know, we're a big country. We have a lot of people. Uh, we have a lot of youngsters that have a lot of potential, and you've got to go out and find those people. You know, um, you've got to widen the net. You can't, you know, just look at, um, you know, kind of fish in a, in a very small pond because there is a lot of talent out there. But it's it's a matter of actually going out and and uh, and developing it and finding it and making sure that um, you know processes and systems are put in place to make sure that these people go from a youth level um, into eventually representing the national team. How were you introduced to the sport? 
Um, I started playing at school, actually. Um, so I arrived at a new school, and hockey was one of the sports that was played um, during, uh, during the winter term. So that's how I started playing. So I think, you know, I had um, exposure and access to coaches that obviously saw and identified my talent, and I was able, through the school system, to play in, in the provincial team and then eventually um, play, play in the national team when I, when I went um, after university and, and through going through the, the provincial system. Are you interested in being part of the structures of SA Hockey? Because <laughs> they want you there. I've, I've spoken to a few and they really uh, think they could do with some of your, of your experience. Look, I mean, I think hockey is, is a sport that I love, obviously, and, and I want to see it grow and do better and stuff. So I'm definitely, uh, you know, I'm definitely interested in getting involved in, and in helping. And, you know, now that I'm back, um, I'm also trying to start, you know, to talk to people and to figure out um, where, where best I can serve and help and, and help um, take hockey forward. Okay, great stuff. Luntu Ntloko, thank you very much for joining us and just uh, giving us some insight and just giving us your views on what's happening at the moment. I know you are obviously uh, back in the country recently and you're not too close to the situation, but thank you for giving us insight of what was going on during your time. We're going to speak to another former SA hockey player up next and a club coach, but thank you, Luntu. Thank you, Jerry. Let's now speak to Lungile Tsolegile. He's a former SA hockey player. He's also a coach of the Langa Hockey Club. And uh, they are in the Western Cape, of course. Uh, Lungile, good evening and thank you for joining us here on SAFM. Yeah, good evening, Tabiso, and thanks for having me. And um, good evening to listeners as well. Well, I've watched you and your brother play for the national team. Firstly, are you aware of, of this letter? And what do you make of this letter if you are aware of it? Yeah, well, um, I am aware of the letter. And... Um, it's a it's a good step forward, Tabiso. It's a good step forward. Um, a group of, of of ladies um decided this was the right thing to do, and and I believe it is definitely the right step to go. And I think we need to we need to applaud them in terms of the stance they've taken, especially as they current they are current players. Okay. You work you work closely with the youth. You work in Langa in the township. You work with the hockey club. I know you've worked in the PHL. But but what are the challenges when it comes to hockey in the townships? What are the challenges faced there that you guys face? Yeah, well, um, as I've, I've said this before, and uh, and I think it's uh, for township kids. Um, and you compare kids to the Model C schools where they are they have parents that are going to go to their games. They're going to. They do put pressure on, on coaches and selectors. Um, our kids don't have that luxury. The parents don't. We don't have parents that are that are going to be available at three o'clock when there's with points trials. And um, coaches and um, and the likes of the coaches, the junior coaches have to have to do that for the players. But unfortunately, some coaches um, don't have a word in terms of selection, and so, and some players get missed in the system because they don't go to a particular school. Luntu spoke about the challenges with the, with with equipment, with facilities because it's so expensive. Are you also facing those challenges? Are the kids in the townships uh, facing those challenges generally? Yeah, well, um, we've been fortunate. To be, so I'd be lying if I had to say we're short of equipment, we're short of facilities. Um, I'd be lying. Um, obviously, the, the hockey boots cost a lot. Um, we don't have a problem with hockey sticks as, as a club, but um, as a going on tournaments. Or if a kid represents Western Province, you guarantee that they're going to have to flock out of 10,000 rand and the club has to raise that kind of money and um, the parents have to give give that kid pocket money and that's the major challenge. You, 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 you touched briefly on selection. How is the situation at schools level or, or, or provincial level? Because we're hearing horror stories uh, when we were working on this story of players of colour not being given of opportunities, even if they are picked for certain teams, but they don't get to play. They just pick to make numbers. Is that happening? What can you share with us? Yeah, well, it's, it's from, from, our, from our side as, as a club, as Langa Hockey Club, um, we've had um, players that are playing in our men's first team and going to trials and making the under sixteen C side or the diver side and and it felt like it's yeah, it's sometimes it doesn't make sense to us where a player we see he's slightly mature than under sixteen year old and he's not getting the chance. Um he doesn't get selected and they go to and they go play for Western Province under sixteen C side or the diver or regional side, whatever they call it. And for us we as a club we we felt strongly about that. It happened happened for the last couple of years and yeah, the club, we think we need to have a representative in the schools committee and 
yeah, we that's the step we want to take as a club, as Langa Hockey Club, and having, or even as Kailita, someone who's going to represent the players of colour. So are you saying they get picked and they don't get to play, or they don't get picked at all? Yeah, sometimes they don't get picked in the right teams, Tabitha's. Um, sometimes they, they get they don't get picked to be in the A side where where we I'd feel a player should be in the A side um, because I, I play with the player in the same team every weekend and it's just uh, yeah it just doesn't get the, it, it just doesn't get the nod for some reason I don't know why because I haven't been to trials mm. maybe I need to go to trials and say and actually look at how he plays and how his opposite number plays and then I could draw a conclusion but. None of these players do actually, for example, the kid that plays for us, none of these players are playing in the league that he's playing, which is the league where national players and provincial men's players play. But he can't make the provincial team. Yeah. Sure. And um, I would think that there are guidelines. Are there guidelines when it comes to transformation in hockey? Because I've read some EPG reports, and I know the Minister of Sport, Mr. Fiki Lambalula, at the time had put guidelines to all the sporting codes. Yeah, there is guidelines. Um but guidelines are there are guidelines and and teams uh, in, on a year-to-year basis, um, province teams can go from having so having two pairs of colour this year, and then the next year they'd have three, which which is looking at they ticking the box in terms of we are improving. Um, I think yeah, we could we could get better in that in terms of the guidelines need to be slightly a bit higher than than they are at the moment. Are people cheating the system? Yeah, the definitely cheating the system. We, because we've heard of stories where a player gets picked and uh, he's a, he, he, as, a, as, as a goalkeeper, he gets picked as a striker and then he stays on the bench and he doesn't play. We've heard of those stories. Are you experiencing s- such things? Yeah, it's, it's been happening. It's been happening at, um, at different levels. Um, and I think if I had to go into detail, I'd be doing um, this service to the, to the letter of the um, the players, the players' representatives mm-hmm. sent. If I had to go into detail, um, yeah, I wouldn't be doing justice. But it does happen. To me. So the sad part, it, it does happen. There, there are people that that uh, that cheat the system, and I think the Indaba is going to iron all those things out. And from there, we can go forward in terms of um, less talk and more action, and actually start doing things. And how do these players react to this? I mean, what do you say? What do you guys, as coaches, say to them? Uh, how do they react when they can see that this is happening in front of their eyes? Yeah, some some players, um, as, as players sometimes don't don't want to talk in the system. Hence why I said the players that wrote the letter, that started the letter, um, they they. That's why I said um, hands up to them because players, while 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 we are in the system, we we don't want to talk. Um, we want to be part of something greater, and we don't want to we don't want um, to step on people's toes. So players um, feel disgruntled about it. But they always see the positive side of it. Maybe it's a learning, it's a learning curve, and yeah, that's 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 a sad part about it. And it, 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 actually, it happens even in coaching. Yeah. Guys don't want to say much because I'm a coach and I want to. I'm an aspiring coach, and I'm and I don't I don't want to temper on toes because I want to be in the next set setup. Then I can start coaching, but I'm not going to say anything for now. Which is yeah, it's it, it happens in rugby, it happens in cricket, it happens in hockey, it happens all over. Okay, I have to take a quick break. We've got people calling us. We'll wrap up the conversation after this break with Ulungile Tzolegile, a former SA hockey player and coach of the Langa Hockey Club. Call Tabiso now, 0891-104-207. If you've just joined us, we're just talking about uh, this issue of transformation as far as SA Hockey is concerned. Uh, players have written a letter to SA Hockey complaining about lack of transformation, not only on the pitch, but in uh, in management, in uh, uh, selection, Saha representatives, and also they're saying that there's not enough being done as far as development is concerned. Um, we did reach out to SA Hockey to try and uh, get answers from them, but they didn't want to come on the show. So we've had to reach out to former players just to find out if they can relate to what's going on. It's, uh, we're asking them questions that they really should not be ans- answering, but we are, are trying to get a better understanding of the situation. And people have actually called us from Tutu in Cape Town. Uh, good evening. Thank you for calling us. Uh, good evening, Tabiso. Uh, it's from Tutu here in Cape Town. Uh, yes, uh, I do fully agree with the previous callers uh, calling on in terms of the transformation uh, of the sport. Uh, the sport does really need uh, transformation. Uh, I think if I can pick up for what the two callers have said, yes, on paper, uh, SA Hockey is meeting in terms of the guidelines, criteria. You can have two players, three players. 
and they even say certain players have to pay certain times, and then that's that. And then, and then once that's done, the coaches are finished with their job. Okay, it's not a matter of uh, honestly a life changer of of. They just want to reach the target, the numbers. Yes, they just want to reach the numbers. They're not serious about transforming the sport, and this. And obviously, I've played provincially throughout schools and nationally in the 16 throughout. Uh, this used to be the story in the 90s where you see Oaks sitting on the bench, not doing anything. And then in the 2000s, they said, okay, this Oaks must play a bit, and then they played a bit. And now we're talking 2018, and you're still having the same thing going on. I mean, we're talking about most of 30 years I've been involved in the sport now, and there hasn't been any. And what's the problem? Do, 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 do they not trust the black players? What's the issue? Well, the issue, I mean, just just like uh, I think, just like in jobs or private schools and things like that, uh, people just want to tick uh, the boxes. Uh, I'm not too sure what is going on. Here in the Western province, not too much in terms of getting the right colors. I mean, we've been getting players in here, which is fine. But you see now, the more you get dip into it, you get into school teams, you get into provincial teams, you see a lot of this. And obviously it's transformed to our society. Okay, Tutu in Cape Town, thank you for that. Uh, is it Colin or Colleen that's called us? Colleen, good evening. Hello. Hi, Colleen, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. Thank you for calling us. What's your comment on this matter that we're discussing? My comment was what I said earlier is that um, I am involved with Langer Hockey and um, the talent at Langer and Kalitra and Mandalay, which are the three places that I know, um, have the most amazing talent. And our, our challenges are um, around funding. Mm. So it's very difficult to, to be um, getting, getting to for transport. Um, and getting to where you should be um, in hockey because um, you're limited um, of our distances and where we can stay. We're very fortunate in life to have an Astro. Um, Kalich and Mandalay don't have an Astro. But my comment is there's amazing talent um, in these places that perhaps people aren't aware of that. And why then are you not being supported financially uh, because you've produced national team players from Elanga? Well, we supported... Um, to a certain extent by Western Province Development. I mm-hmm. do need to say that. And I would imagine that they are getting some support from South African Development. But just to give you an example, we have 11 players who made provincial teams from under 13 right up to under 18. I'm only talking about the youth. Um, and obviously in the senior team, we also have players making provincial teams. And the, the costs are exceptionally high because um, we're not really... Sponsored, I suppose, if one can say that, and it's an expensive sport. Mm. So um, it comes down to finances. And 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 ideally, where should the finance uh, come from? Because we've seen this later, where the players are saying SA Hockey is not doing enough. Are you relying on SA Hockey? Are you even relying on on, on corporates to get to no, get support? No, we rely on. Well, I can only talk for Langa yes. in terms of our juniors, and I think it's just this extent we rely on on a lot of private funding. People who love hockey, people who see the beautiful talent at the club. Um, and there are a lot of private funders that actually support us. But if we could get more funding, um, we, uh, we could pay our coaches a competitive rate. Um, many of our coaches are, or in fact, all our junior coaches are from Langer. And um, they paid way below what other coaches would be paid in, in, in other schools. So they do it for the lab. And we would just be desperate to have our coaches paid more and obviously our transport bill is huge. Yeah. And and the SA Hockey Association, are they doing enough to support township clubs? Oh sorry, I was I was just saying um the SA Hockey Association, are they doing enough to support the previously disadvantaged communities? Well I can only say that we would work we only work directly to Western Province Development. I have no um, contact with South African hockey, and I'm, I'm, my understanding is that the, the money falls from SA hockey to the various um, oh, oh, I didn't hear that. It's not that they possibly can, but I know that they also have limited. Um, but they, they are generous to us for what they get, but I don't think it's enough. That's 
Okay, Colin, thank you very much for calling us and giving us a better understanding of what's going on there, especially in the township, especially in Langa, because we know they've got these festivals in Langa. They're so big on hockey and they've produced national team players, as I've said. They've even given us yeah. a Temba Bavuma and a lot of other cricketers. And I think these are, are the people that really, really need the support. And if there's anybody listening yeah. that can also uh, support the clubs, uh, please also get in touch with us. We can't always yeah. go to government and rely on associations. We can also try and do things ourselves. Let's go to Roxino in Johannesburg. Roxino, good evening. Thank you for calling us. Good evening, member. How are you? Fine. Thanks, Roxino. Now, nah, member, you know, this uh, transformation thing, especially on hockey, my daughter is playing hockey at school. I can tell you, uh, back then, before we even enrolled our kids in this school, and you could see uh, uh, the, the life they were living, their buses and everything. But since now, us, we start putting our kids to this hockey thing, they close the taps. It's the same thing that is happening national level, where sponsors are now going away. They close the tap. Now parents have to sort things for themselves. So now because we are there. So this thing, like I said before, it's just a political will and a bull and all that. We don't send to make things work for us. Because otherwise we'll always talk transformation. Until us, ourselves we die and our kids will take over, we're still going to talk transformation. And and as a parent, is it an expensive sport? We've heard from former players who say that it's not. Uh, it's, it's, an, it's, it's quite an expensive sport. It is, remember, buying the, 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 the resources... And we have to buy kids drinks because they, they pulled out. They no longer do that. You must go there and make sure that the kids have got water. They've got power rays. They've got whatever they need. There's these kicks, the gums, and the shin pads. Everything, those things are expensive, remember? Okay, Roxina, thank you very much for calling us and giving us a parent's perspective. Let's go back to Ulungile Tzolekile, who's still with us on the line. Ulungile, you touched on a hockey in... A, firstly, we, I'm not sure how much you heard of the callers, but it seems like there's a general feeling that the townships here are struggling uh, with access to a lot of things and they need more support. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's how it is. The third truth is hockey is a financially demanding sport and for any kid that has to play hockey after, like the parents would think about after high school and the kid would be like, no, you know what, actually I might as well stop hockey and focus on my studies. And then I think from there we start losing players from, from provincial junior level and then going to provincial men, then we start losing players between them because financially it's demanding um, and, and we know it's been a burden to our parents by asking for 10,000 every tour you've been to since, since um, under 14. And um, that's where we're at. And yeah, as Colleen said, we need private funders. We need people outside who are going to put their hand up and, and be part of this. Um, otherwise, we are going to stumble in the same spot for the next 20 years. Just give us an idea uh, at the Langa Hockey Club. How many clubs do you have and where do you play? How often do you play? I mean, sorry, how many um, age groups do you have? Where do you play and how often do you play? Jeez, we've got um, mini hockey, we've got juniors, we've got from under, under 13, we've got under 8, under 9, we've got under 14, we've got under 13 goals, we've got under 16, we've got under 18, we've got, yeah, that's, yeah, that's really, and we've got a ladies team, we've got a two men, three men's teams, and we've got a ladies team, senior ladies team. And you play on a regular basis? We play on a regular basis every weekend, and that means transport costs for that means transport costs for juniors on a weekend basis. So it's it's a lot of money to lose, and yeah, it's, it's scary. But how to run to run a club is, is so much money. But I think money hasn't been hasn't hasn't deterred a whole lot of people in this club. But um, the will to actually do things has been amazing. And I think people that like Colleen, who have been working for the club and working with the club, have done a tremendous job. Um, and there's been on my ages a tremendous job in making sure kids do play and not worried about um, the obstacles, just actually doing stuff. And you also uh, mentioned the hockey in Daba uh, that's happening. Is it happening this year? What are you expecting there? Has it been confirmed? Um, no, dates have been confirmed. Tell me so. Um, I think you'll probably hear it once it, it, before it happens. And um, I'm, I'm expecting um, to talk, at, to, to, to get things done in that endeavor in terms of saying, this is, we're going to do A, B, and C. We're going to have a meeting to have a meeting for another meeting to resolve what happened to the previous meeting. So hopefully we, we're going to start doing things in terms of actioning and um, not, uh, not being scared and actually doing things 
and not worried about ticking boxes and just straight up getting getting work done. Will this That's be new, will this be new ground for hockey, or has there been an Indaba before? I, I'm I stand to be corrected. I mean, so I've, I haven't been to in hockey in Daba where um, I might be wrong because I haven't been to one. It doesn't mean that there's never been one. Mm. But uh, this is the first one I've heard of since I've been playing. Okay, Lungile Tsolikile, thank you very much for joining us on the line. We didn't mean to ask you the tough questions, but we just wanted to get a better understanding of the situation. Thank you very much, the former national team player, of course, coach of the Langa Hockey Club, and he was also coaching during the Premier Hockey, Hockey League that took place uh, recently. It's a pity that SA Hockey could not come on air to talk to us about this situation because I think most of the questions here have been directed to them. But as I said, I mean, um, well, should have been directed to them rather, and the letter was actually addressed to SA Hockey by these players who once again we will not mention uh, because they did not send us this letter and um, I think that they want this matter to be dealt with by the SA Hockey Association but it's really really a worry when they come out and say that after 24 years of democracy in South Africa it is with great sadness that we find ourselves having to address transformation issues through this letter we are left with no choice but to address this letter to you given the lack of transformation that has occurred in hockey in South Africa at all levels schools provincial and national as well as of the field. Yeah, really, really worrying, really, really worrying issue here and it's even more worrying that the SA Hockey Association won't come and speak to us, whether they acknowledge this, whether they are going to work on it, whether they will um, meet with the players, we don't know where they are, we don't know what their stance is at the moment and they've just decided to keep quiet, but hopefully when they're ready they will come and speak to us. Uh, The platform is always, of course, available and we have to respect if they don't want to speak to us, we have to respect also uh, that nobody's forced to come on the show. Uh, There are two matches on the go at the moment. I was about to make my way to Alan but I'm not sure if I should. Pirates are ready to nil up against uh, Cape Town City 30 minutes into that game and the Buccaneers are leading by two goals to nil. The goal's coming from Mulenga. I saw that one and the other one looks like it came from Ino Mayela. So it is a 2 nil to Orlando Pirates against Cape Town City who are without their head coach Benny McCarthy uh, due to personal reasons. He didn't fly to Joburg for this one so he's not on the bench. And then at the Princess Makogo Stadium it is still goalless between a Golden Arrows and Mamelodi Sundowns. That's it from me. Tabiso Mosia. Thank you to Luyolo, Kalipe the producer, and Sylvester Komane in technical with us and Tebuko Khadebe on social media. Up next is The Viewpoint with the one and only Mr. Ashraf Gada. And uh, before that though, we have to go to news. There'll be more sport in the morning with Zai Khan on Sunrise with Stephen Khrotas right here on SAFM. And if you have any suggestions for our show or ideas, please feel free to email us sport at safm.co.za. News is up next.